everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. It's uh, Indianapolis kind of a day. Just had Tony Kinnett from Chalkboard Review in studio because we're doing an event on critical race theory after the show today. And joining me right now is Guy A. Relford. He's a Second Amendment lawyer, the CEO of the 2A Project, and he's also the host of The Gun Guy on WIBC in Indianapolis. Guy, how you doing, man? Can you... Guy, are you there? Guy, I'm sorry. Yeah, I lost there you are. Minute, All here. right, it's okay. So, uh, so how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. I appreciate you making time, and and I know that you've been going on with our sister station, Wowo, quite a bit lately, talking about the constitutional carry thing. And obviously, my audience is extremely interested in this as well. Why don't you just fill us in real quick on what happened to 1070? Is it 1077? Um, what happened to the yeah, Constitutional Carry Bill? Yeah. What happened with that? Well, well, this is a bill that um, would make optional the Indiana license to carry handgun um, and recognize the idea that if the Constitution guarantees you a right, like the right to bear arms, you don't have to go back and beg the government for permission to exercise that right. And uh, it sailed through the Public Policy Committee in the House. It sailed through on a vote on the floor of the House, 64 to 29 went over to the Senate and it got signed to the Judiciary Committee where there is um, a, a, a senator from Fort Wayne, Liz Brown, yep. who has uh, very much been our adversary on constitutional rights issues, Second Amendment issues for quite some time. She clearly did not want to give the bill a hearing, which would have killed it. We think, and informed speculation says, that Senate leadership really told her to give the bill a hearing. We had a nine-hour committee hearing um, Wednesday, 1.30 to 10.30 at night. And at the end of the day, with the help of uh, Senator Liz Brown from Fort Wayne and two other, uh, quote-unquote, Republicans, uh, Mike Bohatchik from Michigan City and uh, Susan Glick uh, from Angola, they actually amended the bill to completely gut constitutional carry completely out of it and substitute a completely different bill um, that uh, had to do with some kind of an expedited licensing scheme. But that was their way of uh, not giving us what we've been asking for for several years, which is simply a vote on constitutional carry. Yeah, and, and this is you know kind of the important point here. Obviously, this is an extremely popular issue with most people in Indiana. Um, it's certainly popular on the House side, which kind of reflects those demographics. But you're not demanding that they, that they do anything nefarious or weird to get this passed. It's just you want to vote. And Liz Brown, last year, she killed it, right? She didn't even let it out of committee if she didn't give it a hearing. And that's why you think that they forced her to have the hearing this time. But she was also very combative and very hostile, wasn't she? 
It was unbelievable. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And frankly, um, you know, I'm not a member of the General Assembly, but just as someone who spends a lot of time over there, I was embarrassed on behalf of the General Assembly because, man, there were people who just took time out of their days. I mean, hey, I'm a professional. You know, I, treat me however you want. That's fine. But there were people that were just private citizens who took time out of their day to come in there and, and express their view on constitutional carry. And if you were a proponent of it, if you advocated for it, you could expect to be cross-examined uh, by Liz Brown and by the three Democrats, which she uh, allowed to go forward, um, you know, unmitigated. Um, you know, one guy stood up to talk about some statistics that show that police don't get attacked more often or shot more often after constitutional carry is passed in a particular state. And they held him up there for another half an hour with Liz Brown in the lead, cross-examining him on things like the constitutionality of a licensing scheme. Had nothing to do whatsoever with his testimony. They were just abusing him and trying to embarrass him. And, uh, and that, was, that, was, that was sad to me. I, I was literally sad, um, not to be too much on a soapbox here, but I was sad on behalf of the whole Democratic uh, legislative system that we have in this country. Well, I'm, I'm familiar with Liz Brown by reputation. I've never had the the pleasure of meeting her, but I find it, you saw it, I'll believe you, but I find it difficult to believe that she would be bright enough to be able to hold somebody up for half an hour trying to argue on the constitutionality of a, of a permit, <laughs> but I, I digress. Um, I'm sure that the gentleman yeah, was trying point. to be polite, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, so here's the thing, though. So this this thing gets gets basically gutted, and you know, for all intents and purposes, like all the the notifications come in to me, my audience is freaking out. This thing's dead, right? Well, not exactly. What's the path forward here? Because there is a potential option here, and what are what are some of your your theories as to the possibility that it at at least you know we get to a point where they can actually vote on it, so everybody can go on record. I think they don't want to go on record because I've said this since I moved here over 15 years ago. Republican Party in Indiana is not red. They're purple and they're weak. They always have been weak. They're not conservative and they don't want to go on record because people of Indiana tend to be a little bit more red and they don't want that hanging over them at primary time. You could not possibly be more accurate in that comment. I, what you just said in the last you know, 40 seconds um, is my general summary of Indiana politics over about the last 20 years. So I, I applaud you for being able to uh, summarize that so succinctly and so accurately, but that's exactly what's going on. Um, they're trying to avoid a vote, but this year, and, and this is a change, this is a sea change from what we've seen in the past. This year, we've got leadership, and look, we've had support um, from um, uh, from um, the House starting from day one since uh, we replaced uh, Speaker uh, Bosma was with Speaker Houston, mm -hmm. but we finally in the Senate, I think this year, in the form of Rod Bragg, he's decided this is an issue that deserves a vote. And he's willing, with his leadership, to push this thing to a vote on the floor of the Senate and allow us the only thing we've been asking for, which is just accountability. You know, just give it a vote. Be accountable. Be accountable back to the constituents in your district. You know, stand up. And if you want to vote against it, that's great. Go back to your district and explain why. I can respect that all day long, but I can't respect for all these underhanded tactics, you know, to amend it, to not give it a hearing, to kill it behind closed doors in caucus meetings. And, and it appears, and I, and I will probably uh, be, be uh, described as naive after the 
full process unfolds. But I believe today that we're going to get the language of the original bill in House Bill 1077. Since that language passed the House, Mm -hmm. that language is still alive. And that language can be amended into a current Senate bill that's still pending. That then goes to conference committee, and if approved, goes straight to the the floor of the Senate. And if it passes there, it goes to the governor's desk. Call me naive, and, and hey, we'll have another discussion a month from now, yeah. and you can make fun of me, but I think that's going to happen. Now, what do you think uh, are the chances of Eric the Chinless actually signing it, though? Um, I think the, the, the likelihood of him signing it is very, very low, but I think the likelihood of him letting it just sit on his desk and let it become law without his signature gotcha. is fairly high. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, we all know he has additional political aspirations. He wants to run for Senate. You know, he wants to trade offices with Braun. Right. That's the uh, gentleman's agreement Braun. that they had a couple of years ago, correct? Yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. And what, you know, what I have tried to not so subtly communicate um, is, you know, how would you like to try to win a Senate primary or Republican primary um, with an F rating from the NRA, with an F rating from my organization, the 2A Project? Um, and having just stabbed gun owners in the back in Indiana, you know, hey, maybe he could do it. But if I'm his advisors, I'm telling him that's a really bad move, and that's what we're trying to communicate. All right. Hey, Guy Relford, I appreciate it. How can the people link up with you and your organization and even your show? Well, hey, it's the2aproject.com uh, with the number two, the2aproject. That's our gun rights organization. My show's on WIBC on Saturdays, 5 to 7. And you can also stream it live at WIBC.com. All right, Guy Relford, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, brother. It's honored to be here with you. All right, thank you much. You take care. And, and folks, this is the same tactic. You know that this week is the fourth anniversary of getting Sunday alcohol sales in Indiana? The fourth anniversary. And what were the tactics that they used every single year on Sunday alcohol sales? Oh, we're going to get it passed this year. You get a really strong bill. What happens? It gets just gobbled up in committee gets completely gutted, gets spit out as something it really wasn't. This is the standard operating procedure for the Indiana Republican Party when they don't want to do something. Talk a little bit more about this coming up, 95.3 MNC.